So I recently had my first breakup that's actually sad. Now what do I mean by a sad breakup versus a normal breakup? Well, most of the breakups I've had have been what I would call angry breakups. They were breakups that basically consisted of, and usually I was the person being dumped, but sometimes I was the dumper. But usually it's when somebody tells the other person, you know what, I don't want to see you anymore. I am sick and tired of you. want nothing to do with you. We got to break up. And usually there's a lot of anger involved because it tends to come out of left field. It's usually not something where it's peaceful. It's basically where you feel like, okay, I'm going to have to debate my value to this clown. And I'm going to have to convince this person of, yeah, you're going to miss me. And I have value in this world and there are good things about me. And how dare you overlook those? So I bet you're also sitting here like happy as a clam that you're dumping me and you're about to jump back on dating sites and go jump on the next penis. Or I guess, you know, if you were a guy being dumped of, oh yeah, you're going to go let the next guy jump on top of you in five seconds, something like that. And I have definitely had my fair share of breakups in my life. A lot of times I was the dumpy. And I often came out of left field. And usually it was over very short periods of time. So it might have been a few months, might have been a few weeks, whatever it is. I've kind of had a whole process to get through it. I consider it having three phases. I also went through three phases of a divorce. But I'll tell you my phases of a breakup. Step one is basically sadness. So it's tears, crying, it's being devastated. There's all that. That's phase one. Phase two is anger. Like, how dare you have the audacity to dump me? And who the hell do you think you are? And how dare you rip my heart out? Half the time when guys would give me the news of dumping me, they would do it by telephone. So usually I would just get angry. And it would just be like, oh yeah, you effing bastard. How dare you do this to me? And you totally did this to me out of left field. And you're ambushing me. And sometimes there's the timing you can address. All kinds of stuff. Usually it's just there's a point of anger and you're basically frustrated with the whole concept of love and relationships. And as somebody who grew up in the South and saw so many people around her find their soulmates in middle school, or maybe even elementary school, it was a lot like Cory and Topanga and Boy Meets World, where it was like, oh, everybody's found their soulmate and they're going to be with them for life and they get married right out of high school or they have babies right out of high school. Sadly, I know some people who were like high school sweethearts and they're still together. Or at least they are having children and, you know, they're still together based on that basis. But pretty much a lot of people I knew who went to high school and they were like high school sweethearts, like they're still together now. I never related to that. I think maybe because I went to school and lived in a place where a lot of people did not understand me. And when I say they didn't understand me, it wasn't just because, oh, I had red hair. Or, oh, I didn't come from the socioeconomic background of all the kids I was in classes with who were the smart kids. It wasn't really that. I think it was a lot of different things, too. Like, I sort of had a perception of the world that was very different. I also didn't come from money, but I didn't really get along with the people that lived in my neighborhood because they didn't really have ambition for themselves. So it was definitely very complicated in my childhood and my upbringing because my attitude was like, you know what? I don't want to be like this. I don't want to grow up and live this similar life and be in this environment and feel trapped. It was something I fought very hard against. So needless to say, I was the kind of person where, and apparently I didn't even realize this until many, many years later, but apparently I was also pretty as a kid. 
Like I actually did the Throwback Thursday thing on Facebook and had all these pictures of myself as a little kid and there was like first grade all the way to my senior year of high school. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna figure out why I could not buy a date in high school. Why all these guys that I had crushes on totally didn't like me at all. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, okay, at that time, and I guess you could say somewhat I'm still doing this now of like, oh, I've modeled and I'm doing all this stuff and I had a well-regarded talent agent of many years say that I was pretty. I've had all these people in the industry who've complimented my looks. They've cast me in these different roles, oftentimes in as, as an attractive person. All these things. So it's like, okay, how am I a model when I pretty much look the exact same as I did when I was a kid and in high school and so forth? Why was I called ugly? I wasn't fat. I didn't have braces. I didn't have like the scoliosis back brace or anything like that. I didn't have stinky breath. I actually cleaned myself, you know, I was not somebody who had no hygiene. So it was like, okay, why did I, why could I not buy a date? And the only explanation I got, and this was also from my ex-husband, was basically, okay, you just intimidated the heck out of these guys because you were really pretty and you were also intelligent and you sort of had this view of the world that was very different and you could keep track of so many concepts at the same time. And a lot of these people don't do that. And you're interesting and so forth. So it's like, oh yeah, you have all these positive qualities, but you're apparently way, way up here and everybody else is way down here. So none of it matches up. And you are doomed to be alone, Monica dear, because you ain't gonna get that. So anyhow, I pretty much didn't have much of a dating life till I went to college. And when I did that, it was like, oh my God, guys are paying attention to me, wow. I think if I'd been able to date older guys when I was younger, I would have had an easier time. But my parents were like, no, not going to happen. They were very strict, came from a Christian background. It was not happening. <sighs> so anyhow, I did my dating, kind of did more of that stuff in college. So it's not like I had high school practice. So I did that in college. And then there were people who found their soulmate in college. And they were together forever and ever. And some of them are still together now. And it's like, okay, I didn't really relate to that either. Because I didn't find my soulmates. I didn't have any of that. So I was like, okay, now I'm going to law school. So I went to law school. I don't know that I found anybody that kind of found their soulmate in law school. And now they're still together. But I'm sure some of that exists someplace in law school. I'm sure other law schools, yeah, somebody has that. Never had that either. So I actually had met my ex-husband. But he didn't go to my law school. He was a library student elsewhere. And I remember... Yeah, it was like, okay, I had all these experiences where these guys I really liked didn't like me back. So I met my ex-husband and it was like, okay, he's not the best looking guy in the world, but we understand each other mentally. So that's really what counts. That's what matters. So we get married and then he decides, oh, you're not good enough. I don't know what his story was. Perhaps it was also one of those, oh, you're out of my league and you're way up here and I'm way down here kind of deals. So after that, I learned my lesson and kind of realized, okay, guess what? You have worth in this world. You have value. So you really ought to be going for guys that make you swoon. You need to go for guys that you find attractive, not guys that, oh, they just are talking to you and you're flattered because they paid you attention. My therapist at the time actually said to me, stop being so flattered. So took that lesson and was like, okay, you know what? We're going to be dating up next time as we're doing this after getting married and all getting divorced. It was like, okay dating up now so I've been doing quite a bit of that 
been doing that for quite some time. I was seeing this one guy, Mr. Orgy. Then we all know how that happened. You could listen to the last season podcast about it. And then I just met another guy back in April. And I was with him for seven months. And then he decided to break up with me right before Thanksgiving while I was out of town. And I kind of wondered where things were going. And I was like, okay, he acts like he cares. He acts like a man in love, but he apparently didn't love me. So it was a lot like that Bonnie Reed song, I Can't Make You Love Me. And I actually listened to it and like heard the lyrics and all that and heard the chorus. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly like, that's exactly like what I'm going through. And it's still sad to me, in fact. Like if you've heard that song, it's really, really sad. I actually downloaded that song and I thought I should learn that one. I mean, it's by Bonnie Raitt, who is also a redhead. So yeah, I probably should learn stuff like that too. If it's another redhead, why not? So I'm just like, man, I got to figure out doing this song. I could probably really bring some feeling and emotion to it. I definitely can do that with Mary J. Blige because she went through a lot of shit in her life too. And believe me, if you've been depressed and happy, you hear a lot of her stuff, you'll be like, yeah, I can relate. And if you know something about her story, she definitely went through some shit in her time. She basically lived in, I think she lived in like a housing project. She was like living in this really crappy neighborhood growing up. Then she ended up getting discovered and got to work at Uptown Records and became a recording artist. And basically when she was starting out, it was like she's trying to get her family out of the ghetto. So she was like battling that. They were dealing with a lot of danger and so forth. Then she had her own relationship hassles, had trauma, had people doing all kinds of stuff. Like, My Life was a very depressing album, too. She even talked about she was in a very low period when she wrote that. And I was like, wow. And I was listening to a lot of that album. I listened to a lot of those songs when I was going through my divorce. Needless to say. I'm a big fan of Mary J. Blige. Yeah. Believe it or not, I am. So, at this point, it's like, okay, a lot of my breakups were so much easier because it was just anger. So it was like, okay, you know what? You're dumping me. Well, F you and F this. And I never want to see you again. It was just like very easy to get over them. So as I say, I went through phases in breakups. And phase one was like the anger or it was the sadness. Sometimes the anger initially with all that. Because it's like, I'm not about to let some fucker see me cry. I'm not giving somebody the satisfaction of that. Phase two was just straight up anger. It was, okay, screw this man. I am very pissed off. I'm furious. All that good stuff. I need to let it out. I got to vent. But phase three, and that would usually come a little later, would be bring on the men. I'm now a sexual attractive being again. Like usually in my anger phase, I'd wear some cute outfit and go somewhere and like guys would check me out. Or some guy would compliment me if I was just going about my day. And it's like, okay, yeah, hmm, I have sex appeal after all. There's other people on this planet who think I'm attractive. There's other fish in the sea, if you will. So definitely at this point in this breakup, I'm not even sure how it's going to go. Like, I'm definitely in the sad phase right now. I've been in the sad phase for quite some time. And it felt like there was a lot more post-breakup stuff, let me tell you. Although I will say of my ex-boyfriend, I call him the Energizer Bunny. I'll say of the Energizer Bunny, he's actually much nicer than any other guy I've ever broken up with. Like, he went and got my stuff from his place. He picked me up from the airport when I came back after he decided to dump me. He brought some of my stuff, brought my legal bag that I needed the next day and asked about. Because he hadn't told me, oh, I'm going to break up with you. He told me before I left, oh, you can come to my place when you get off the plane. And I want to see you and so forth. 
but apparently he came to the realization that there was no compatibility between us and he said to me oh no it's not you you're an awesome human being and I went through all the things that possibly might be an issue might be a factor and he said oh no that's not it no that's not it he said it has absolutely nothing to do with you and it's got nothing to do with who you are it is just incompatibility and he said how about we can say that you're an awesome person and I'm an awesome person but just is incompatible and we're talking about at a time where we didn't have a dead end in the relationship where I felt like okay we have intellectual common ground we have physical chemistry he likes my cooking he generally likes hanging around with me he didn't say he got sick of me except saying oh I want to spend a little less time but he didn't say I got sick of you so it just kind of felt like, okay, I don't know what the deal is. I figured maybe eventually we'd be looking at, are we going to break up? What's the deal? But yeah, it just happened and it kind of ruins, had a damper on my Thanksgiving plans. That's for sure. But I guess it's like, at least I didn't break my toe this time, which I still have to contact a med mal lawyer in North Carolina to see if I might be able to have anything actionable against that because they misdiagnosed my toe being sprained versus being broken. So that's going to be a bit fun to try to investigate. I didn't get shafted like I did going to Indiana, paying on my own dime. And then this guy telling me after five years of hanging around me, oh no, I'm never going to be monogamous and I'm not built for that. And you could never have a future with me. And I was trying to take you to Miami or I think it was Florida. I don't know if it was Miami specifically. He says, I was going to take you to Florida, but the pandemic shut it down. And if it hadn't been shut down, you'd have been traveling with friends of mine. And we were all going to have sex in front of you. Oh, yes, because I'm very much the orgy chick right here. Like, how long have you known me? Friends of mine even asked that. Like, people who don't even know me all that well heard this story. And they were like, how long has this guy known you? Does this guy even know you at all? It's very interesting. Yeah, and my divorce, yeah, my divorce was definitely kind of interesting too because I remember phase one was, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair because I was like, I want to forget what it's like being intimate with this man because I'm never doing this with him again. I don't even want to think about being around this guy. I think initially I was devastated, but I had lots of dudes approach me. So I was like, okay, all these guys are approaching me and I was not in a happy place at all. And had a lot of things that were haywire and chaos in my life. But that was one of the few things I could control. So I was like, okay, all these dudes are paying attention to me. All these guys are saying I have worth. Okay, you know what? I'm going through this crappy situation. I have no control over anything else. I'd really rather forget what it was like to be with my ex. Because that's even worse. So I was trying to drown myself. I was trying to drown myself in sex, to be honest. It was one of my vices to get through. I didn't go drinking, I didn't take drugs, I didn't try to kill my ex-husband, I didn't go crazy and end up in a nut house. I just ended up having sex and eating chocolate. Like, yeah, some of your stuff should be a little more tame, right? Some stuff should be so tame. But anywho, I figured in that time, if I didn't have a nervous breakdown then, I'll probably never have one at all. Because I swear, there were moments when I came very close to that. I'm sort of reflecting on that right now, in fact, even though I'm dealing with that and I'm dealing with this whole job situation, that's a whole separate story altogether. But at this point, it's still like we've had a lot of hugging and crying post breakup. And he's like, I hate that I'm the only person who's here to hug you, but he did hug me. And it felt really nice. It didn't even feel remotely romantic. But then yesterday he brought the rest of my stuff and I told him about going to a yogi studio near my neighborhood. I wanted to try it out. 
So he's like, I'll go to yoga with you. And I thought, why? Okay. I said, okay. But I was like, hmm, why does he want to go to yoga here? So he came with me to yoga, figured, oh, it'll be one of these things we're doing as friends or whatever. And then it just felt like, okay, it's getting a little more personal because he held my hand as we're going down the street. He decides to go back to my apartment and he's laying here and I'm thinking, and I even say, you know, it's such a pain when you want to do stuff, but then you feel like you can't. Like, I didn't dump this guy. I still, honestly, it's like, yeah, I still have that whole sexual chemistry and romance and all that stuff. But it's like, I don't know that he has it, but obviously he doesn't because he's the one who decided to break up with me. And it's like, okay, you're the one who decided to dump me, so you probably shouldn't be doing that sort of thing. It's just inappropriate. So he did not say, oh yeah, I want to downgrade the relationship to be friends with benefits. He kind of knows that, he probably knows I wouldn't do that anyway. So then he's like, okay, it's probably, you know, I think that it's probably best that I leave. And I'm like thinking, yeah, you should leave at this point. We're done. Our business is, tra our future, you know, all of our unfinished business is completed. I gave him back his key, gave me back my stuff. We're all good. And I'm like, I need space from this man. And it's like, because he was so nice to me and because we did have this intellectual common ground and it's like, okay, he's a nice guy and he has a professional career and there's things that we get along on that you don't always find, especially with people in New York. I'm like, okay, I wouldn't mind being friends with this guy, but I don't want to be friends with him right this second. And I feel like I need to be at a point where if I saw him with some other girl, it wouldn't make me feel like he was ripping my heart out or like somebody was stabbing me in the heart with a knife. I'm like, I can't do that right now. If I'm going to feel pissed off, jealous, what have you, or feel like, oh, you're hanging around some little dredge who's not nearly the woman I am. And he even said to me, oh, I may find somebody who's more suited to me who's actually inferior to you. It's like, I'm just not in a space to do it, though. And I don't think people should do that if you're going to be friends with somebody. Like, I hate that shit when people break up or, oh, let's be friends. It's like, you can't honestly still... You can't be friends with somebody in an instant. It takes time. It takes space. I don't know how long I'm going to need space from this guy because I do actually like him as a human being. And it's still very sad. And rejection is always personal. And rejection is, you know, it's like I have to get through that. But it's always personal. And it's always sad when you get rejected. And it's like I'm going to have emotions. That's just how it is. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm going to have dudes like falling all over me, approaching me, all this stuff. And it's like, I'm not even in the mood to sleep with anybody right now. And what's the absolute worst when you go through a breakup is when you break up with somebody and they were the absolute best you ever had in bed. That really is shitty, you know? Like, that's why when my, when I was getting a divorce from my ex-husband, he'd been the best guy I'd been with by far. So it's like, oh crap, I figured nobody, I figured, oh, I could find somebody else. But it's a lot harder to find that than you'd think. And a big part of that has to do with how you feel about somebody. Do you trust them? There's being in sync. There's like physically in sync, mentally in sync. There's all kinds of stuff. There's technique. There's just a whole mix of a lot of different factors that you can't really control. I did find it very sweet that he said to me, he didn't think he'd find... He would probably not find somebody like me that easily that I didn't really exist. So that's a nice thing. And that I was amazing in that department. And he definitely was like the best I ever had, even including and beating my ex-husband. That's the sad part. So it just kind of makes things harder. And you're like, okay, are you ever going to find stuff like that again? And how will you do that? 
And especially when it's like, I don't feel like having strangers around right now. And I'm dealing with all this other stuff too. So in the meantime, it's like, I have no idea. And it's like, I've done dating in New York City. There's been so much of that. And it's like, yeah, good luck trying to find anybody that's decent. Who's actually attractive. They're not scuzzy and so forth. Good luck there. And plenty of women have that gripe. I don't know if I necessarily need to make that gripe again. Because I actually wrote a whole blog post in my blog that says, Charlotte York, get the hell out of New York. Or it says, Charlotte York, get out of New York. Because if you're the Charlotte York type, you're never going to find a guy like that. And with this one, I thought, oh, maybe I'm wrong. But then it's like, okay, I can evaluate all this stuff objectively and I'll figure it out. But I think the sad breakup is the absolute worst. It's like a lot worse than just an angry breakup. And apparently it's like everybody else's, every other breakup that he even had and every brother breakup I've had was just angry. But it's like there's not much I can get angry at him for and it's so frustrating to me. But you tell me whether you think it's worse to have like the sad breakup where it's just everybody's miserable and unhappy and it's just, oh, it's incompatibility. Or whether it's worse to have the angry breakup like my divorce where it was like, dude threw me out, changed keys immediately with my stuff still in there. Where everybody's like, you're dead to me, and the last words to each other are F you. I gotta remember what the last words he said to me were. I think it was like, I think it's best for me to go. I'm not sure. I don't even remember. That's the sad part. You'd think I would. But oh well. I should. <laughs>